Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 66. We're back again. Huge week. Everything's coming to a head in the world of European football. FA Cups, Women's FA Cups, North London derbies, a bunch of other shit. We'll get into it all. Tommy's on the other end of the line. How you doing, man? Big week. I'm great. I love that you've now just described the club that I support as other shit. So thank you for that. No, you got you got the you got the North London derby in there. Nice big headline event, but no, the relegation battle doesn't matter to you, hey? Well, we hadn't planned on talking about Leeds, so you weren't referenced as other shit. That other shit would be uh, the the lower the championship league one. You know, we'll mention the playoffs. That's the other shit. All right. Uh, so where Leeds are headed then? That's what you. Where Leeds are headed is yeah. So next season you'll be the other shit we don't talk about. No, I just want to point out just at the top, next week's pod could be a, a disaster given that there's a lot riding on Sunday's games coming up in yeah. Australia and in England. Yeah. Um, you, may, you may have to do it yourself if, we may. <laughs> if everything goes wrong. Um, we'll get into the FA Cup final in a sec, but just first, I did, I did put out the, I put the call out for uh, some comments, questions, thoughts, on uh, Adelaide's performance over the weekend for the for the Adelaide edition of the pod that we do each week. And <laughs> Scott was kind enough to get in touch just to tell us that Man United are still shit. Uh, see, stasis. That's what I appreciate about Man United now is the fact that they cannot... They didn't even play in the time between this pod and the last one. And they are still at the forefront of people's mind when they consider what's shit and what's not. <laughs> Just is, wanna... oh, did you did you see what Pep said during the week about Man United actually about when I he did, joined? I did not. He alluded to everyone saying you got to watch out for Man United. These guys win everything, um, and then <laughs> Pep's like, "All I see them do is lose semi-finals. <laughs> they haven't won anything <laughs> since I've been manager in England." Ah, uh, uh, very good, Pep. Very good. Pot, sh- pot yeah. shots, Pep. Pot shot, Pep. That's what we call him. Yeah, no, we just thought we'd get that out of the way because uh, we had decided to talk about Man U this week. But uh, there you go. Liverpool fans getting in touch to make sure we still do our duty and give the Man United uh, some some grief. Yeah, yeah, if we didn't, who would? Exactly. Uh, so let's get on to the FA Cup final. Uh, well, I had a few comments from people. I didn't watch the full game. I watched the mini because I wasn't staying up that late to watch these two. Um, you would have, you would have been up till four thirty in the morning to watch the whole bloody yeah. thing, and it seemed like the right choice because uh, a lot of comments from people the next day about how they they fell asleep during this absolute bore fest. <laughs> yeah, did I? Too. I'm not sure if it was more uh, the birthday beers or the you know the stale nature of this game, but I was conked. I passed out, man. I think I made half time potentially. I think I <laughs> mentioned to someone that half time goes for too long. <laughs> It always feels that way, especially at that time. These super athletes, they don't need a break anymore. I've got two radical ideas after this game. No more halftime breaks. Screw it. Just more subs. Cool. We'll keep going. And the other one is maybe we should just make the goals just the tiniest bit wider Uh, and a little bit higher as well, given how many times the bar and the post was rattled in this game. What if if we removed the crossbar Mm. and made the two goalposts really tall? Oh, now you're thinking. And then you can add a post either side. So if like if you miss, you get some sort of uh, what do you call it? A like a consolation. A consolation is the word I was looking for. Consolation point, you know. 
And then maybe we could use an egg ball or something. Mm. This is radical. You yeah. really thought hard about this. You're not pinch hitting from anyone, are you? No, I just I just thought <laughs> of it tonight. This is an idea that just came to me. Um, Daddy, I do have feel like, a, I do feel have like a there'd be a lot of violence at these games, though, Sam, maybe. There might just, be. Uh, there might be a, be a bit of bit of a thugs game. Um, I do have a bit of a radical idea we can go through a little later. Uh, not not really an idea, but just something to contemplate for the listeners out there. Uh, but this one, the only notes I really have on this is uh, Jorginho scored a good penalty because he didn't run in like a dickhead. And uh, I'm, I'm glad ZX scored his penalty. That's all I got. That's okay. No, we can build from this. Uh, Let's build from I it. Didn't, I didn't see uh, Jorginho's penalty. I think I just saw that he had scored one and thought, wow, I don't have to watch that. I can't. I've got no bait. I've got no ammunition this week to give him shit yeah, for that. No, that's all right. Um, do you think? Do you think that's what he's going to do from now on? Is that a more assured way of scoring a pen? Well, the poster boy for the skip stop uh, clearly thinks so. Well, it just shows how I don't know. You just just run in and hit it. You're a professional footballer. You should be able to do it, and he did. Yeah, um, stick it away. Now, the only reason I mentioned ZX penalty is because he was made to wait a long time. He stepped up to take the penalty after Sadio Mane missed, or his, was saved rather by Mendy. And someone in the Chelsea end threw a like a smoke bomb or a flare on the pitch. Okay, and it was sitting on the court, like near the penalty, outside the penalty box, like between the penalty box and the byline. And the referee stopped and waited, and waited, and waited. ZX standing there waiting to take his penalty. And the referee is waiting until it gets removed. It's a penalty shootout, man. He can take the penalty. What are we waiting mm. for? And it's, then some guy mm. from the Chelsea bench just ran down and kicked it. He kicked it <laughs> 10 metres. <clears throat> so it was just off the field, but still visible. And then he, we could play. as Just in case someone ran over that flare during a penalty shootout. Oh, what a you can't. You cannot have an object enter the arena of the pitch and have the game play. Unless, of course, it's the infamous Liverpool Sunderland beach ball moment, <laughs> which guys are all good to go. But there's not even any danger of this smoky getting hit by the ball in the process of this shootout. Um, do you think the Chelsea fan felt a little bit, a little bit silly afterwards? I hope so. Maybe the pressure, the weight, you know, the undue decision making that Ziyech had to make while he was standing there, it may have had an effect. I do have, uh, yeah. We'll get to actual football things in a second, but um, just to finish on that. Um, I did have a note about like how, I don't know, in penalty shootouts, I don't know why anyone ever like celebrates so hard for like a save or a miss. Like it's very much like a, it's like a big yes moment. And then like, all right, we're back in. Like what now? Like when, when Mendy saved to keep Chelsea in the shootout. Yeah. We got the, we got the flare on the pitch. We got the Chelsea bench going ballistic. Timo Werner was on his knees on the ground, like banging his fists against the pitch. Like, like mate, so it was too cool. <laughs> you've got to. Uh, who did I say? You said Werner. Is that? Did I, you meant, mean I meant Tuchel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I saw that too, and I thought that's outrageous yeah. behavior, man. Yeah, like it's still like you're just you're still in it. You know, you haven't won. Like, just keep a lid on things because the penalty shootouts twist and turn so easily. Um, and yeah, Liverpool got it done. They probably deserve it. Uh, but for Chelsea, that's three cup final losses in a row, FA Cup final losses in a row. There's a lost league cup in there as well. Uh, do they need to bring back Drogba? Yeah, oh, definitely. They are missing 
I, th- I thought you were going to talk about managerial change then. I was going to be like, yes, sack Tuchel. Get the merry-go-round going again. No. But yeah, bring... I mean, he still looks in prime condition. I think you could bring Didier Drogba back just for the big games, just for those one-off events. It's almost like in a... It's almost like a Ronaldo role. <laughs> just bring him out so that you can wheel this trophy guy out who knows how to win games. That's what they're missing. Less Mason Mounts, who's lost his last five Wembley appearances now. Yeah. Do you have anything on them losing a bunch of cup finals? Oh, you're just going to talk about Drogba. <laughs> I, it's, an interesting, um, it's an interesting predicament they find themselves in. Losing three consecutive FA Cup finals. That's, and all to different teams as well. Like the Leicester one's probably the biggest aberration, but I don't, I think it just merely signifies where Chelsea are over the last three years um, is that they are one of the more competitive teams and they are right on the cusp of doing, I mean, they won the Champions League last season, so we can't go too hard on this, but um, yeah, the, the Continental Cups in England, it's not, um, it's just not their jam. I'm not sure why. I think maybe just because they, they come up against Liverpool twice this season, two nil nil draws in these cup finals. And <clears throat> it's just, I think it's a natural uh, result of going out and playing not to concede in a cup final. And I think they do their, well, they've done that twice this season now and it hasn't worked. And I think maybe over the years they have tended to try and not lose games rather than go out and be proactive and win big games in this scenario. So yeah, just, my take despite it. the turnover of managers, they still seem like the same kind of Chelsea. Um, yeah, that's true. It's always the same. Yeah, still got, still, as Piliqueta, like they still seem to have the same kind of outlook to a final, mm. uh, which is just to sit and kind of take it and try and try and snag one. Um, they look I, for me. Liverpool looked the more deserving side. They probably we talked about it last week. We went, we did the Liverpool City thing, and which trophies would you want? Which wouldn't you want? Um, the minimum for Liverpool was they kind of had to win this this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've still got the Champions League, but we know that they really want that league title. But they've now got two cups this season and could get the Champions League. So, you know, still a good effort. This team does deserve silverware. And at the end of the day, it is silverware. Silverware, they're professional footballers out there playing for trophies. And they've got two this season. So, good on them. And you can see they were, they were psyched as well. Um, when Was it... Who's the guy that scored the winner? Simakas? Uh, Simakas, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were freaking psyched. Bobby Firmino running around. You could probably see his smile from space. Jurgen Klopp giving everyone massive bear hugs. Liverpool fans were going crazy, as they, you would expect. They've had a good season. I think any season where you can win two trophies, um, compared to who Chelsea are going to go trophy-less this season, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's just, it kind of demonstrates just the level where City and Liverpool are compared to Chelsea or... Spurs or Arsenal, yeah, there is that golfing class, and that's what we see. Hundred percent. Um, did you see the story of Christensen pulling himself out of the game a couple of hours before kickoff? I did not. He apparently had uh, stomach cramps or an upset tummy, as um, <laughs> a couple of people wanted to try and wanted to try and denigrate him a little bit for this decision. Um, and I read more into it, and apparently he suffers really badly from like nervousness from yeah, these right. big occasions. And it's not the first time he's withdrawn himself from a game uh, because he's just mentally, it, it, you know, the pressure physically yep. affects him. Yeah. I, initially, I thought, oh, it's kind of piss weak, isn't it? Like, try and fix this, man. You're a professional nah. footballer. This is like the big moment. The reason that you want to play 
it just it seems bizarre to me that you would let the weight of the of the moment get to you so much that you would check out of the team hotel and <laughs> not hang around yeah i mean yeah it does doesn't it it does come across that way but um yeah brains brains are very very powerful things and uh it's not really anyone else anyone else's place to really say no like, no definitely you not know what it, i mean it, to, could be, to say it, could, whether, it what feels like a phobia could. yeah potentially yeah it's all sorts of things go on in the psyche so um yeah hopefully he can uh, deal with that moving forward because you'd hate to get to you'd hate to see him get to the end of a professional career and his side has played in all these finals and he's not had the opportunity or been yeah. able to um, hopefully he can get over that hurdle. Um, yeah. Well, he's rumored to be going to Bayern Munich, so he was going to have to. <laughs> he will, he will have to uh, tell you what um, Chelsea's women's side though. They have not missed out on trophies. They've done the double. They pipped Arsenal to the league title a week ago. I believe Sam Kerr playing a huge part in that. And they've now won the the Women's FA Cup final, defeating Man City 3-2. Uh, three Matildas involved in this one. Sam Kerr with a double. Hayley Russo scored for City off the bench. And Alana Kennedy started at centre-back for Man, uh, Man City. 49,000 at Wembley for this one. And it was, I don't know, that it looked like a, an excellent game of football with a lot of high-quality goals. Yeah, the goals were brilliant. Uh, you know, obviously... <clears throat> you, we only see congested little packages and stuff like that, but it, like the nature of the goals and the just like it, the attacking play from both sides, two sides actually went out there and wanted to try and open up the game and play their own way, especially city like statistically city were all over Chelsea uh, in this one, more shots, more possession. You know, they were always chasing the game, um, yeah. but at the same time, they seem to have more of the ascendancy Uh but, you know, Chelsea have Sam Kerr and Sam Kerr is the genuine best player in women's football. I mean, you just heard her manager said the same thing. She's like, she's ridiculous. She's got the lot. She's got character, charisma, charm. She's got courage in her play. Yeah. We've got an amazing center forward. We, we commented on the goals last week. Just her ability to take big games by the scruff of the neck um, and really imprint herself upon them is, is insane. Yeah, she scored the two, but she also she found the net early on in the game and was given offside. She ran around the keeper, but was given offside. So it could have been another one. That's not how the game works, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her winner, though, did take a deflection. And if you mm-hmm. watch it, she takes on the shot when they're, like, squaring it for a tap-in, an open goal <laughs> tap-in was definitely on. So it had to go in. <laughs> If it missed, yeah, it would have still been two all, and you know she's looking very selfish. But yeah, it it went in, so all's well that ends well. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I still would be a little bit dirty if I was the player in the middle who made the run to keep up with her, and thinking, oh my god, I've got a tap in winner here in the FA Cup final. Oh no, Sam's taking another self. No worries. No she worries. didn't look dirty about it. They ran off yeah. absolutely delighted. So yeah, um, I think yeah, it is worth it is worth also mentioning the forty nine k in attendance. They've smashed this over. They've they've got it so right over there with their women's league, the setup they've started in the last few years. To like, it's mm-hmm. not that it's um, they've had women's football there for a long time, but they've just they've rebranded. They've made it a real big thing. They've made a massive deal about it, marketing wise. They've distributed it across the world, so we can watch it. Optus Sport shows it all here. Um, 
They've just done a great job with it. Yeah. There's heaps of Matildas playing in it. They've done a great job with it. And it's great to see people backing it and getting behind it and attending the games too. I thought what was really cool in this was there was a lot of fans sat next to each other, which you don't see in the men's game. Obviously, I didn't notice that. Important. When, when Chelsea score, uh, the, when Sam scores the winner, there's behind the goal, there's different pockets of fans. Some of them go up and celebrate and some of them don't celebrate and they're in different okay. colored blue shirts. And I'm thinking, hang on. <laughs> so it must be, it's that thing when you market something in a way that's a little bit less testosterone filled maybe and a little bit more inviting and welcoming where you can actually just go there and chill and watch a football game if you want to you're not forced yeah. or, or you're not coerced or whatever it felt the need to make noise or do something else not that they weren't loud obviously there was a great atmosphere for this game uh, but you're right they've just got the setup completely right they've invested properly most of the clubs you know liverpool was a big story last season but they've been promoted again so i believe they're coming up uh, I think the Leeds women's team's coming up now to the top division as well. So you, you're getting these big historical clubs in the top division as, uh, also. And that's only going to further propel this uh, league going forward. There was a shit ton of them at Newcastle the other week. It's, it's just great. And they, and they are genuinely the best players in the world again. So that's the same thing as the, as the EPL. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and I think uh, if you're looking at, FA Cup final crowd versus women's FA Cup final crowd. Uh, significantly less yobbos at one of them. <laughs> yes. Funny that. No, no, no smokies um, on the field. <laughs> uh, the North London derby was played toward the end of last week, Ooh, leading into the weekend, Friday morning. Uh, you've already had my barrage of salt about this game in the <laughs> in the online chats. For, but For days. We were literally but, uh, talking about it on Sunday. Yeah, Happy I was Friday. still talking about it because I just... You know, I don't like them. I don't like them. All right. No. That's all it is. But Or did you like the nature of this defeat? No, I didn't. No. Uh, but yeah, all I've got in my notes here is this is Arsenal. This is what they do. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I've mentioned on here before that these sort of games are now fewer per season with Arteta and they're slowly, we're slowly bringing mm. them down, but they are still there. And this is one of those games. Tottenham were just more ready for it. Uh, Rob Holding had no idea what he was doing with Son, and that's that's the game. That's the ball game, folks. I'd like to. I like the idea of being overly physical with Son and getting in his face and trying to wind him up. Um, there was a few questionable challenges, I suppose, but there's a lot more just general physicality um, against him. And it, uh, you know, unfortunately for Rob Holding, he took it just that step too far already on a booking. Um, I don't, I don't know. It looked like a second yellow to me personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to discuss it anymore. I'll settle for it, but fuck me. Like when, <laughs> when do attackers need to start taking responsibility for looking where they're running? Jesus Christ. And when people say it was an el- he didn't elbow him, he's, he's standing there. He's, he's, he's watching the ball too. His arm exists. It's going to, if they collide, his arm's going to make contact. Doesn't mean he's elbowed him. I'll settle for the second yellow and the red card. He deserved one, whether for that challenge or one before. But, you know, um, yeah. That's... The one the one before warranted it way more than that one. You could, yeah. you could put the second one down as a little bit innocuous. But I think the problem is the, ang- the referee is in like a, a really beautiful position to see the movement of Rob Holding's head, look at Son and then collect with him. And I think that's what 
makes his mind up. If the referee's on the other side and it's kind of obscured, uh, you probably don't get a second it is, for that. It, just it is like funny that referees are like they're happy for that in that situation, but so often we see them in the penalty box not give the penalty if they think the ball's gone out. Yeah, first. exactly. Or like they would say he's not getting to it, so it doesn't matter, which is bullshit. Like it should still be a foul. Um, mm. uh, I saw the first thing I saw was uh, talk about a controversial penalty. Uh, it didn't look very controversial to me. It looked like Cedric jumped straight into the back of a guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a blatant penalty. Is it controversial just for the fact VAR had to be used to make the decision? Did the ref not give it initially? I think he gave the goal kick initially. I thought, yeah, he, he does. I yeah. thought he gave he, it. No, no, no. I think there's, there was definitely a VAR check for this one. Uh, it was definitely a penalty. He jumped straight into mm. his back. Um, no issues there. Cedric just being a bit of an idiot. He gets away with those sort of things a lot, actually. He does makes really silly, rash decisions. Uh, goes in a bit overzealous sometimes, and that was one yeah. of them. Um, the look on his yeah. face was really ill-tempered as well after he did it. It looked like it was a definite, uh, like, provocative foul, basically. I don't know. What goes through your mind there? Do you think you can get away with it or...? It's just, it's daft. They're just, it's so they dumb. think defenders, they think they have to intervene on every chance at goal the opposition will get. And it's like, you, you can't, sometimes you are better off just letting the guy take his chance and he might miss. Mm. He might not yeah, score. Exactly. Your keeper might save it. Like you don't have to be so overzealous all the time, especially in yeah. the box. Defenders do it a lot. Um, Harry Kane finding the sheet a bit. He's turned it around since we gave him a bunch of shit on here. But another one. This is a guy that did spend the first half of the season looking like a massive sook trying to leave the club. But he has turned it around and got himself. I don't know where I don't know where he go where he goes from here though because he, could, he seemed like he it seemed like he played his card at the start of the year, but now he's probably going to have to settle for staying because Man City have got Haaland and exactly. I don't know who would take him unless you know Man United were to go in for him. Oof. Ooh. Yeah, what do you want to do it? I don't know. Spurs may play Champions League this season. Um, Man United yep. definitely are not going to play Champions League. So I can't see a move for him to a team other than Chelsea, but I can't see that actually ever eventuating. Um, it's, it, it, it's a World Cup year. So for him, I wouldn't be moving. I would just be playing every week in an environment that I understand, that I know, maintain my fitness, maintain my routine just see this year out and then maybe reevaluate in January, depending on what happens up. Who can say, who can say, I think Harry Kane, funnily enough, would benefit a move um, to like Germany or somewhere like that. But you just, you never see it with the top English players leaving England. But I think, no, I think that would be a really, really interesting move. Like a, a Haaland replacement at Dortmund. That's not happening. English players just don't really do it. Um, I, I think he'll stay at Spurs and it's probably the right move for him because he, to me, the way his style of play, he looks, uh, reminds me of Romelu Lukaku. They have a similar style of play. Lots of people think Lukaku is his target man um, because of like the way he carries himself and stuff. He's of his size, yeah. Because of his size, but him and Kane are the same, virtually the same height. Um, there's like two centimetres between them or something. And... He, they're both they're both pretty mobile and really good with the ball, and just seeing the what what Lukaku was able to do under Conte into, I think uh, it's it'll probably suit Kane 
at Spurs the same way. Yep. Yep, fair. I actually think Harry Kane may be a little bit less mobile than Lukaku, but potentially, uh, yeah. Yeah, more more prolific in England for sure. Yep, definitely. Uh, West Ham were on the verge of a huge decider or having a huge effect on this title race. Um, They let Man City off the hook in this one. Still a huge point for West Ham. They're now right on the back of Man United with one game to play, still two-point gap. Uh, But Man City uh, got away with one there. Didn't they just? I couldn't believe it when I checked the halftime scores. I was obviously watching Leeds and I literally thought there was a mistake. I thought, nah, this has to be City 2-0. It can't be West Ham 2-0. But nope. Um, Jared Bowen again. Is he in line for an England call-up, this guy? He is. What a great finish to the season he's had. He's in a good run of form. Uh, Overall this season, I think he's been pretty iffy, but he's just he seems to be closing it out pretty well. Putting his name in the mix at the right time, potentially. Yeah, it's a good it's a good time to be having like a decent run, a decent season. Um, you know, he's in no danger of going anywhere. I can't see anyone else picking him up, but he's very effective for West Ham, playing the little man off of the um, off of the big man Antonio role and uh, Suchek as well. I think I think he was the one that got the the header in <clears throat> in midfield or Sufar, one of them, got the header in midfield to flick it on. It's it's an interesting setup West Ham have, and they really caused City a lot of problems in the first half. Uh, but like you said, finally, Grealish stands up in an important match, actually demonstrates you know his value, why they signed the money for him, um, and just the kind of thing he would do at Aston Villa as well in an important moment when the team needed someone uh, to create something. It wasn't virtually out of nothing, but... You know, it's, it's a really, really well, uh, like, placed or full technique shot, that one. Um, did, it yep. get, did it get a nick? Does it get a deflection? Yeah, it does get a bit of a nick. I still think it might be going in anyway, the way he hits it with the, the mm. bounce. But I think I think maybe the it kind of comes off the shin into the ground, and I think it just gives it more of a bounce. So it lifts up higher than the keeper's anticipating, I guess, which may help him. But I don't know. It's, it's still a good strike. It was a good strike. Yeah, I would have nothing against Fabianski, who then later in the game saves his fourth penalty from six face this season, which is yeah. absolutely clutch from your goalkeeper to have a better than 50% record. Yeah, it's huge. And it's brought him a valuable point here. On the, and the same, uh, I guess, on the other side of the, the foot, <laughs> um, Mares is probably, he's missed a few now. Yeah, he has. He definitely has. That was my first thought as well, was why is Mares taking this penalty after he has been so inconsistent and so what if about him when he steps up? And it was another mid penalty. It was not like, it's a good save, but I think when you're from the spot, you have the opportunity to give them no chance. And he, you know, routinely gives goalkeepers a chance to save a penalty. With, um, yeah, with all those, all the players in that city squad, you'd think there's got to be someone else that can, Tuck the ball away into the side netting now, surely. Yeah, but yeah, well, they keep giving them to him. Yep. Yeah, well, that he can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Three points, obviously, better than one, but one should probably be enough to win them the title. So we'll go to the relegation battle. Uh, Leeds did pick off a valuable point late in the end. Uh, Burnley also held to a draw, but I think the big one that everyone's talking about today, especially uh, we're recording Monday night, was the Everton-Brentford game. 
five goals, two red cards. <laughs> Proper relegation to scrap that one. That's chaotic, man. You see it on paper and then you watch the highlights of the game and you're like, ah, it's actually not, it's not as interesting as you think it is. Like I thought both of the red cards were red cards. Uh, Rondon yeah. doing his best Ruben Zadkovic impression. Like only been on the field three minutes. See ya. <laughs> Rondon's is terrible. That's a terrible it's, tackle. Oh, it's, it's egregious how yeah. bad it is. <laughs> um, now uh, I said earlier about having a uh, bit of a outside of the square idea. Mm-hmm. And it comes please. to me here with this uh, the first the first red card for Everton. So I know it's a red card. The rules are there. Last man foul. I I feel it's a it's it's stiff but fair. Like it kind of has to be because he's in on goal. He's going to score. I want, but there's also there also seems to be no there's no intent to foul there. I don't believe he's trying to foul him. He's, okay. you know, he's, he's coming from. He's trying to keep close tabs. I wonder if <clears throat> this is just an idea. Don't shoot me down, people. I don't want to change the game. But Mate, I'm cocked and loaded. Could you potentially have a situation where um, a foul like that is given as the referee determines that there was no intent to foul, and it's you know it's a it's just a clumsy coming together. The referee gives a penalty instead of the red card. And so they get a shot from the spot because he was in on goal. He was the last man. So therefore he gets a penalty rather than the red card, which seems pretty harsh, but you know, there, there has to be some kind of severe punishment for a foul when a guy's in on goal. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that? I don't mind it. That's an interesting idea. Cause I, we've toyed with, I think penalty fouls or penalty corners before, you know how they do in the grass hockey. Yeah. And I, I think this would be the perfect way to incorporate this kind of thing is you send everyone back beyond the touchline and then you let someone pass the ball in or cross the ball in from a corner basically and give the attacking players a free hit at it in the box. <laughs> penalty corner. Yeah. Penalty a corner. Penalty corner. Are all the opposition going to get, they're going to stand in the goal net with masks and like <laughs> yeah. face masks and pads on. Definitely. Definitely. Cause it's a dangerous game. You never, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. No, there's just something about those fouls that feel, they seem like, I know that there has to be, the punishment has to be big because he, he could potentially score a goal. So yeah. I feel like a penalty was, is more suiting if there's no intent. Than a, well, that's, than a red the red they, card just seems so harsh on the individual. It does. It makes you wonder what is like what equates more is a red card worth one goal? Probably not. Like, would you prefer to have a I'd goal have or the have goal. your opponent sent off? I'd rather have the goal most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. But that, yeah. Um, what as the attacking player or as the defending player? Uh. If you were the team attacking, I'd rather have the goal than the other team get a red card. Interesting. See, I, I'm different. I'm the opposite. I reckon I would prefer to have to play against 10 men in a way. No, nah, uh, I don't know. There's too many times I've seen the, the red card not have the effect it should. And the team with 10 just lifts. To mm, there's level. that. Um, there's that. I, I like yeah. the, the opposition when they get a player sent off. Typically, they will take off an attacking player. And so it kind of gives you more 
options as the as yeah. the team with eleven plus ten. It also means the bus is parked, and I don't know. Yeah, I'd I prefer suppose. the goal personally, but there you go. It was just a silly idea that popped into my head earlier today. No, it's an interesting take. I like it because um, it was an incidental foul. But then it becomes a problem of you know the referees deciding between like intention. Yeah, and... I know. I did. I did think about that, but uh, you know they have. We have so much of that already in the game anyway that it, I don't know if it'd make yeah. a huge difference. But yeah. probably wouldn't. But I wouldn't want to add any more to it. But anyway, um, that's Everton blowing two leads in one game at a time <laughs> where they really need points. They really, really do. Uh, five red cards in their last eleven PL games now. Uh, do Lampard's men have a major discipline problem, or is this just a result of them really scrapping it out at the moment? It's a result of them really scrapping it out, except for that Rondon one, which was just pure stupidity. Um, stupidity, but you could also attribute it to like heightened emotional response as well. Yeah, he's coming on trying to get an equalizer to keep his team up. So we go into the last. The last round of games. Oh, and, uh, can I just talk about? Can I just talk about Brentford yeah. really quick? Because I did shit on them a couple of weeks ago and saying, "Oh, they're still in this relegation dogfight." I, I can't believe you said that. Well, look, I just I think it was optimistic more uh, than anything. Apologize right now. Run, apologize. To the this is me. Fans. This is me apologizing to Brentford <laughs> because I just I thought the runner games it meant if they did drop the points they would still be in danger because everyone else around them is getting points. But they've won seven of their last ten. Only the Super League boys have won more games than them uh, over that period. And they have been this season, I predicted them to finish bottom. My bad. They've been great. They've been fantastic. Um, I, it's, a, it's kind of a ragtag bunch of players as well. There's not really one star name. They've kind of done a similar thing to what Leeds did and Wolves did in a sense that they kept the majority or they kept the core players of their championship winning squads, championship promotion squads. So... Congratulations, Brentford. Watch out for the second season is all I will say. <laughs> Sheffield United leads. Learn from that. Mm. Be better. Um, it happens. Yeah, if we go into the final, a lot of fixtures come out. There's a couple of catch-up games to take place this week. Um, by the time people listen to this, Arsenal will have played Newcastle away, and that's a huge game. Liverpool also plays Southampton on Wednesday morning. That's a huge game as well. Um, Liverpool need us. They just have to win, I guess, and then see what happens. Um, <clears throat> we go into the final games, final round, but in the relegation battle, Burnley, Burnley play Villa midweek, and then also home against Newcastle on the weekend. While Everton have Arsenal and Crystal Palace this week. Leeds have just the one game. Brentford away. Leeds are mm-hmm. currently safe with Burnley in the relegation zone, but. They will need results to go their way. It's not in their hands. No, and that's the worst feeling of all of this is the we leads can't do the job themselves, and you just can't rely on anybody else to be shit. When you really want them to be shit, they probably grow an extra leg. And yeah, it's the Burnley the Burnley Villa one worries me. Um, even though Villa did them over a couple of weeks ago, but I think the main one is uh, is is it Burnley. Newcastle to end, yeah, that's yeah, the one Burnley, I'm worried Newcastle about. To end. If I can make you feel better, um, Everton have to play Arsenal, who are in the hunt for the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that means anything for Arsenal or not, but um, <laughs> it's probably it's probably worse actually. Yeah, um, but Burnley, uh, that is away to Aston Villa. That is Aston Villa's last home game, so you know uh, they'll be wanting a win. They'll be coming out firing still. 
it's all to play for. And it, it's a really good relegation battle because you've got two massive teams in this and Everton. And it's just, it makes you wonder which will the, it, you know, of which club will the league be poorer for them being relegated? And I think we've said all along, we want to see Burnley go down. So I want to see fingers Burnley go down. crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Well, I did bump into an Everton fan who was wearing an Everton badge and we started we were chatting about the game. Um, and he was convinced that it was going to be Leeds. And so any goodwill that I had towards Everton has been lost because of that one, that one guy. So <laughs> fuck you, Everton. In fairness it would to be him. More... <laughs> yeah, look, is he correct? Possibly. And trust me, up to like 90 minutes watching the game on Sunday, I thought, yeah, we're definitely down. It's us. But again, Leeds score. A seventh goal in uh, stoppage time this season to rescue points, which is just remarkable. Yeah. We're not here we to talk about Leeds. We're done. No, just that I, just that I tried. Although, if there was a push gas award for assists, Gell Hearts would be right up there. Uh, yeah, a bit of fortune. Hmm. You reckon he dinks the ball over the falling, or he sells the yeah, defender? I guess so. I just, strong I, him, and then I don't think he, I don't think he's a particularly good player. No. Wow, well, yeah. that's we'll that's see. a bit rough for a twenty-year-old. I think he's got a yeah, lot of potential to come. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Championship football down to the playoffs. Uh, Nottingham Forest won their first leg of their tie against Sheffield United, two-one away. Cool. Uh, Luton and Huddersfield drew one-all. Uh, we're on track for a yeah. I don't know someone someone fresh, hopefully coming up to the Premier League. Sheffield United up recently, so we can give them a miss. But would love to see Forrest back up uh, or Luton. It would be amazing. By the time people hear this pod, we'll know whether or not Luton have been able to beat Huddersfield in Huddersfield. I doubt it, just yep. given the disparity of you know the value and the wealth of the, the players at their disposal. But you cannot discount anything Luton Town have done this season. To be even in this position is fucking unbelievable. It defies any expectation. Uh, I'm just, I love their pokey old small ground. I love that the fans, uh, people that have followed this team through the depths of the football league and the pyramid continually fluctuating to this point. That is the great story. But, you know, alternatively, yeah, Forest would be fantastic to see back in the Premier League as well because an old school English Division One heavyweight. So yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I want to see Forest go up. I think Forest do go up as well. I think they've got one foot in the final. I know it's only 2-1, but they're coming home now. Uh, that Wednesday morning, I believe that game is against Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. That's their chance to get through to that final. And then I can see them sweeping aside Huddersfield or Luton. Uh, they've been pretty good this year. They were stiff not to get that second automatic spot. Not not stiff, but you know, Bournemouth was just that little bit better. Um, and that was the difference. Uh, League One, I just thought I'd mention as well because Sunderland looked like they might finally be in with a sniff to come back up. <laughs> They're through to the playoff final in League Two after seeing off. Sheffield Wednesday, they won 1-0 at home. And then in the away leg, they were 1-0 down and got a 93rd-minute equaliser to give them a 2-1 aggregate win. Uh, while in the other game, Wickham, they beat Milton Keynes 2-0 at home and then lost 1-0 away to go through 2-1 on aggregate. So it's a Sunderland-Wickham final at uh, Wembley. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I think if Sunderland go up, they could probably... Uh, group together enough to have a decent championship season. I think Wickham would be uh, pushing it to stay up if they were to pull this off. Yeah, just given Sunderland's finances, the stadium, 
yeah, just the historical nature of the club. They probably would be better fared in the championship. Um, but they're, they're just such a meme. And I love the fact that Sunderland, you know, ever since that documentary, everything has just gone absolutely pear-shaped for them. And so I would prefer to see them stay down. <laughs> it would be great to see Wickham in the championship. No, I've got, I've got a soft spot for the Black Cats, but... Uh... Yeah, it's it'll the give Irish me, connection in it. It'll give me someone to play as in League One on FIFA. Well, EASFC or whatever we're going to get. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that show, that Sunderland Till I Die, they definitely went into that thinking that Sunderland were, because they'd just been relegated. And obviously the talk was of them going straight back up. You know, they had the squad, they had the players, and they definitely signed on to this. And the Netflix guys obviously thought, you know, this is a, we could capture a good championship run and promotion story. Um, they ended up getting just as good a story, but in the opposite direction, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think just a better story. It's I mean, a better just, story. Yeah, I mean, just as good a story in the sense, not for Sunderland, mm. obviously, but in the sense no. of like for viewing material, you don't, well, we're kind of saturated with those, those feel-good hero stories everywhere, docos. You don't get a good elongated like eight, nine, ten, whatever it was, episode season about heartbreak End on end on end. So, um, yeah, well, I think, was it in that? Yeah, the first season they did, they got relegated again to League One. Yeah. And then the first season in League One, I think they got knocked out in the playoffs, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, it was heartbreak was, everywhere. You know, soft spot for the Black Cats, but it was excellent TV, I tell you that. I would love to see like an Airbud film that detailed the dog's demise. Like, the idea that he was like a hell good basketball player, hell good footballer. And then realizing that, oh no, dogs can't play football. You yeah. just, like you said, you never see the anti-hero lose. No. Or you never no. see the, always see the never hero, see the hero just... lose. <laughs> the anti-hero always. <laughs> well, Sunderland are a bit of an anti-hero. Are they? Because no one, no, well, when you think about it from a football perspective, you're watching this uh, as a fan of a different club. And so you, you are there predominantly to see them fail and when they do fail it's it's fucking brilliant because <laughs> you know you wouldn't feel that attached to seeing Sunderland yeah, well, if you I don't know, have... this is why no one's going to feel bad about Leeds going down though you realize all right so just okay. I'm comfortable with it don't yeah, you worry you, about it yeah you better deal with it all right uh if I can finish on this one Syria a good news story Syria <laughs> coming down to, well it depends on your perspectives doesn't it Syria coming down to the final round this week Oh, man. Milan got a huge 2-0 win at the San Siro. Uh, goals to Rafael Leal and Teo Hernandez with one of the goals of the season with an incredible run from the edge of his own penalty area right when they needed it to make it 2-0, 15 to play. Uh, sealed the three points, moves them on to the final day where they only need a draw now away to Sassuolo. Inter had a good win against Cagliari to stay in it. 3-1, but uh, Milan just did what they had to do, got the points. Um, there was eight, It was a sold-out San Siro, 80,000 people. Do you know how many people requested tickets to this match? Uh, all right. I reckon 300,000. I wasn't quite that many, but 200,000 people. Whoa, that's still a lot, man. 200,000 200, people requested tickets to this game, and you can only fit 80,000 in. It was absolutely... <laughs> It was absolutely pumping as well. The scenes, the goals went in. They had the big, the big banner. The uh, uh, oh, what does it say? In, in Cme Anoi, I reckon it said, mm-hmm. which is the 
it's like a it's just about like togetherness, connection between fans and players. Cool shit. Cool it's, Italian uh, fan shit where they do those yeah. full stadium displays where every seat in the stadium has a you know, we do these they do these displays where they put a sheet of paper or whatever it is on every single seat and people just people hold them up when the teams come out to display. Everyone knows what to do. We all will know what to do. People listening would know what to do. But when we tried this shit at High Marsh for Adelaide United's Champions League final, <laughs> people got in there and were just like making paper airplanes and throwing them and stuff. And then like there was no display because they were just people <laughs> people threw them everywhere. You're just like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it's the same. Rodriziani tried to do it with Leeds a few weeks ago uh, against City. And instead of having a crazy cool display, they were just all crumpled up and thrown to the players on the field. Yeah. So. Bloody colonial culture just doesn't do TFOs. <laughs> culture is a really generous use of the word there. I like, I really like seeing um, Milan do well. And when they do well, just the reaction of that sold out stadium. There's sections of the stadium where they're kind of in their seats and there's like a concrete part to a to, to rails. And yeah. every time they score, you just see an onrush yeah, of the, fans. Because those sections behind the the goals are mostly standing. And there's like a, there's def, there's like a walkway. But you're not allowed to stand there. From. So it's like just a free concrete area. And you just mm-hmm. see people just charging up to the barrier and just waving arms and legs everywhere. It's just absolute scenes. And I love it. I'm it so amazing. excited. One round to go. Those games kick off. We've got the Premier League last games all kick off. Uh, when are they? They're Monday Is morning, it? 12.30 Adelaide yes. time. Yep. And all the Italian games are... Yeah, they're, they're kind of all over the place, actually. So They're not at the same time. No, nah, they're not. But Milan and Inter play at the same time, which is 1.30, okay. 1.30 Monday morning slash Sunday night, our time. So be a few tired eyes Monday morning around for the Premier League fans and Serie A fans and whoever else is out there, football fans and not sure football listeners. So that's it. That's doing episode the, 66. Doing our duties. Doing I know. what duties. Dude, it, It's been a good season. We're rapidly approaching the end here. We are. I'd uh, say we'll get together and do next week to wrap it all up we'll get together at some point to do the champions league and europa league finals and then mm-hmm. we'll probably give ourselves a bit of a break at the end of all the well football deserved. and uh well yeah so tune in again next week also tune in episode 66.1 will be out as well you'll see that all about adelaide united huge elimination final result and a huge semi-final on the way against melbourne city tune in for that catcher arrivederci